1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by It's Me, Tinks. You guys, I'm obsessed with this person. You know I've had her on the podcast. You know who I'm talking about. And I know you guys are obsessed just as much as Emesha and I. Our girl, Tinks, the one and only Tinks, has launched an amazing new podcast. You guys, she is such a freaking badass. And if you don't know her already, I don't know how you don't know her already because she is blowing up. But Tinks is the iconic TikTok sensation, digital creator who's grown so much in these past years on social media. You cannot believe she is massive now and it's only the beginning. She was actually the first guest in episode one on our podcast titled Beauty Botox and Boys. But her new podcast is called It's Me Tinks. That's right. Christina Tinks It's me, Tinks. In each episode, Tinks dives into all the hot topics, burning questions you're dying to know and hear, product recommendations, Botox, boys, and more, and all in a snackable 20 minutes. You'll take your relationship with Tinks to the next level and get an exclusive glimpse into her life. Tinks is brutally honest. She's such a great role model, and she is someone I wish I could have listened to in my 20s and 30s. She gives the best honest advice, real advice that you actually want to listen to. And I have to say... She is freaking hilarious. You guys will listen. She gives the best advice while cracking up at everything she says. Her podcast is fun. Her Rich Mom Starter Pack is the bomb. It's iconic. And I have to say, she really does do her research on everything. You guys can listen to It's Me Tinks every Monday and Friday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, the SXM app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss an episode. All right, you guys, welcome to Lipstick on the Rim. Today, we're so excited because we have a guest co-host, one of my favorite people on this earth, Mary Alice Haney. She has, well, she is currently an incredible fashion designer. She launched on net a She sells all over. She's an incredible, she has the line Haney. She is a TV host, a producer. She's a mother of five. She is multi-hyphenated. And if you have ever gone to a dinner party at her house, you will never forget it. We're actually going to do an episode called The Dinner Party with Mariana Tanney.
0: I'm so glad Oh, you're here. I love it. I'm so
1: happy to be here. I know, me too. We actually listened to you guys, the feedback, and we definitely interrupted way too much with Dr. Geller. So he is back, and we are sorry to all of our listeners. Misha and I got very excited. I will say, on a personal note, Dr. Geller is my endocrinologist, and I've been with him, I mean, close to… I think, 10 years. Brooks is nine, so he basically has been with me through thick and thin. But we really want to focus in on hormones and how it affects your life, how it affects your skin. Also, we're going to touch again on plastic, but today it is all about hormones. Dr. Geller, thank you for being here again. We're <laughs> thank not going to interrupt.
2: You. It's all right. You know, I always tell my patients, like, we're a team. This is a conversation. This is not old school where I just tell you what to do and but, dish it out. And
0: I just <laughs> want to say, because this is a podcast and not a visual medium, <laughs> that he is so hot. He's hot. I mean, Lord have mercy. And that is, you know, it's a little bit disconcerting when your doctor exactly. is as hot as you are. So we're just going to get that out of the way.
1: No, but what I think surprised Emisha and I the most was how many women are affected by this, want to know about it, and need answers. And it is, and we have like little notes, I'm like hormones for dummies. I know that sounds really odd that I say it like that, but we really want you to cut to the chase. The last time you informed us all that the dangers of plastics and that pretty much everything we use has plastic, and ultimately it affects your hormones. Just so we can refresh our listeners' memories, can you touch, because this is the one thing that you say— Hormones, and then you go into plastic.
2: Right. So, this is, you know, this is a really common theme. And one of the things that makes hormones so difficult to understand is that, you know, they're present in our body like in really tiny amounts. They're difficult to measure. The symptoms of hormones are all over the place. They're so what we call non-specific you know, things like fatigue or weight gain or irregular periods or, you know, changes in our skin, our hair, our nails. So, there's so many things that can cause these symptoms. Hormones. They fluctuate different times of the day, different times of the month, different blood tests, salivary tests, urine tests. So it's not like a slam dunk diagnosis. Like if somebody comes in, for example, with a heart attack, you know, they have chest pain, they have shortness of breath. There's a definitive blood test and EKG, and we can make the diagnosis. With hormones, it's, you know, obviously not like that. And one of the problems that we're seeing now is that so many people have hormone symptoms, maybe, again, irregular periods, unexplained fatigue, weight gain, infertility, men with low testosterone, et cetera. And yet their hormones test, quote unquote, normal in the blood. And so people say, what the heck's going on here? It turns out that a lot of the chemicals in the environment, including those which are found in plastics, are messing up our hormones from working well. So you can have a perfectly normal, quote unquote, blood test, but there is something going on behind the scenes and there's many toxins in the environment plastics are sort of like the poster child
1: you know every time i leave his office is like don't leave a water bottle don't leave a plastic water bottle in the car anybody that <laughs> comes in with a water bottle don't you dare and he and again <laughs> even with both of our families it is really important to use anything but plastic when you're drinking water or any type of liquid Right, right.
0: Right. And it can be life-changing. I mean, I remember when I saw Molly after she had Brooks, I mean, she walked into a party at my house, and she had gained 80 pounds. And she just looked at me with tears in her eyes. And then it was not that long after she saw you that it just, you know, fell off because of, you know, working with you and, and dealing with her hormones and her thyroid. But
1: again, it was ultimately misdiagnosed because you just had had a baby. It's like he said, I'm tired. Or, yeah, I mean, the problem is with hormones is that it touches on your period, your weight, fatigue. And you, it's again, it's not just one thing. Okay, so let's dive into the basics. What is a hormone and why are hormones so important?
2: So, you know, a hormone by definition is a chemical in our blood that travels from one part of the body to send a message to the other. It's a messenger, basically, is what the hormones are. And, you know, there's hundreds of hormones are still being discovered. Like previously, things that we didn't realize were hormones are still being discovered. But we know, you know, hundreds, there's probably thousands of hormones in our body. And, you know, one way to look at hormones is they sort of mediate the inside and the outside world. So, you know, the body likes what we call homeostasis. It likes to keep everything sort of in balance and stable. So for example, if your temperature is too low, your body will try to use a hormone to raise it. If your heart rate is too slow, a hormone may adjust it, blood pressure, energy, metabolism. So this is, you know, these are all brought in through senses through our brain, which sends out signals through our pituitary gland out to our glands in the body, which then produce hormones. The chemicals that we keep talking about literally are structurally so similar to a hormone. The analogy I use, it's like a hormone is like a key that goes into a lock and opens it. But imagine if there was a chemical out there that can mimic the same key. And that's basically what happens with all these chemicals that are, besides plastics, there's millions of other ones we can talk about, you know, but that's sort of the one we focus on.
0: And how do you know if your hormones are off? I mean, rather than you know weight gain, like you said, what are some of the other symptoms?
2: Well, women, it turns out, are much more in tune with this than men because of the menstrual cycle. You know, in a normal cycle, you know, you're much more aware of how your hormones are fluctuating if you miss a period, if you have a late period, if you're ovulating, not ovulating. You know, men don't have those monthly clues besides the fact that we're just clueless in general about a lot of things. Um, it, it actually turns out that when a man has a hormone problem, they usually present in a much further, like a tumor or something bad, they present much further along at a later stage for the simple fact that they don't have these monthly cues.
0: Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. So do men go through a menopause like women do? Yeah. They do?
2: Yeah, we call it menopause, but it happens, you know, typically, you know, men's testosterone does go down, although it tends to be not till later on in life, probably like in their 60s. Although having said that, you know, testosterone starts declining in the, in the forties or so it's about, um, 1% a year or so. So it does start to decline, but not, you know, abruptly like what women go through with menopause.
1: Millions of Americans experience thinning hair. It's actually more than common. It's very, very normal. But it's not openly talked about, especially amongst women. Did you know that more than 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, know you're not alone and that there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. I'm here today to chat about Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. I have some girlfriends who have been experiencing hair thinning, and honestly, it really does affect your self-esteem. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through the whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is a physician formulated using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients and effective dosages to get the most reliable results. In a clinical study, you guys are going to love this, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 3,000 plus top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. Going through it can be lonely and frustrating. It's time to change the conversation and join thousands of women, me including, and stand up for their strands with Nutrafol. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to nutrifall.com and enter promo code lipstick to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at nutrifall.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code lipstick. I'm telling you guys, You're never going back. So a woman has a period that is off, one, two months. When is it time to say, because a lot of people don't have an endocrinologist. They don't have someone like you that they can see, reach out to. Now they do because now you can see him, but Mm -hmm. if you're in LA or Florida. (laughs) But what, is it an at-home test that they could take? Is it stick with your GP, stick with your OB? Or it's time to see a big boy. It's time to see the endocrinologist. Well,
2: as far as when to pull the trigger and see somebody, you know, certainly like if you've gone three cycles and something's changed, like that's, you know, it's arbitrary, but that's a a good point. You know, one time can happen twice, but three times is more of a pattern. So in endocrinology, that's the other thing. Because things change so much, you know, we want to see patterns before we, you know, get overly you know, worked up. I would say this is something that either a gynecologist or endocrinologist should be able to evaluate. You know, GPs may or may miss the mark.
1: And if you were to tell someone who's listening now, what is the panel that you would suggest that someone, like, what are the four things to definitely get checked?
2: If you've missed a period, pregnancy tests would be the first,
0: second, and third.
2: That's You wouldn't believe how often that's missed, by the way. Wow. So again, maybe a good reason In not to. In my
0: dreams.
2: <laughs> then again, they'd want to check their estrogen. Their estradiol is the technical term. Their pituitary hormones, which would be LH and FSH, and then another test called prolactin. That would be like a bare minimum. But again, depending on the conversation we have, the physical exam, there may be other hormones that we want to check to see that could be out of balance causing the irregular periods.
0: Well, and I think so many women, and I'm going to talk about menopause because I'm 50 50 and I'm definitely probably impaired in menopause. But I think that hormones replacement, hormone replacement has such a kind of still has a negative connotation because of the cancer scare. And again, so I'm asking you, is that true? Because I think that was debunked a bit. And what is the difference between natural hormone replacement and synthetic? I I just would love to dive into that a bit.
2: So, okay. So first off, a lot of those studies that were done that, you know, generated bad information about hormones, they were done in older women who were already well into menopause. Many of them were in their sixties and they were done with synthetic uh, hormones and they were oral hormones. They were in pill form and a different type of uh, synthetic progesterone as well. So a lot of the problems with hormones is the way in which they're delivered to our body or I mean, problems in terms of side effects. So oral hormones get metabolized through the liver, which can generate um, increased clotting risk, blood clots and strokes and those sorts of things. So when they've analyzed that data, it's not really applicable to this current era. What we've discovered now are a couple big themes, one of which is that using the skin as a vehicle for hormones is the way to go. So whether really? it's a patch, a cream, a gel, it's much safer to actually use a hormone through the skin. It bypasses the liver. It's not a pill that goes to the liver. It goes straight into your bloodstream and doesn't increase the risk of blood clots, for example.
1: And how do you know you're going into menopause or you're perimenopausal?
2: Well, strictly definition of menopause is not having a period for a year. Perimenopausal, it's choppier. Some women may have a period, then they won't have one for two, three months, and they might have one again for several months. With perimenopause, you still make estrogen, but you don't ovulate every month. And so that's why your periods get choppy.
1: Okay, so you're going into perimenopause. Would you put someone like Mary Alice or I would you put us on some type of bioidentical hormone synthetic
0: yeah when do you start yeah when is, right. the when do time? You start? is it before you go in and is metabolic? it
1: estrogen is it progesterone like what have we don't know we, right. we're like okay. so we and by the way we are, we are not we go, are, we are not, not going into but this friend of mine a friend of ours yeah, we just want to know that I know <laughs> not during
2: this podcast please don't <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay so I believe it's better to be proactive, especially with hormones and not wait. Too often I've seen people that are in menopause, they're deep into menopause, they feel like shit, they've gained weight, they're having skin, hair problems, and all sorts of symptoms, their libido is gone. And you can't really put the toothpaste back in the tube, I always tell my patients. So I think it's better to be proactive on the early side of things. In perimenopause, when women are still making estrogen, they may just need what's called progesterone support. So we'll just give them natural progesterone. What
1: does the progesterone do?
2: It stabilizes the lining of the uterus so that you stop getting this, like, heavy erratic bleeding, basically. It's also a great natural sleep aid. It has a diuretic effect in some women as well. So it's all about balance, you know, between the estrogen and the progesterone.
1: So a lot of my girlfriends say, you know, their hair is falling out. I'm like, check your thyroid. She's like, no, it's not my thyroid. But then, like like you said, low libido, moody, can't sleep.
0: Yeah, your signs? hair falls out of your head, but you start getting it on your chin. <laughs> right. That's the great right. right thing. Yeah, well, that's that's the
2: unfortunate thing. thing is that uh, women do make testosterone as well. And that often persists even when the ovaries are not making estrogen. They'll continue to make testosterone. So again, this imbalance will then cause sometimes women will get some facial hair, body hair, excess, those things. And
1: you can test someone going into perimenopausal through a blood test, correct? Yes, you
2: can. But oh, keep I, didn't in mind, again, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. For sure you can, but it may take more than one test or one cycle to catch it. Because again, things fluctuate. So, you know, in general, like you'll have a woman who thinks they're perimenopausal. So maybe we want to see if they've ovulated. Let's check their progesterone during that luteal phase of their cycle to see if they've ovulated, for example.
0: I
1: know when I ovulate. Isn't that
0: crazy? No, I can feel it. I feel it. Mm
1: -hmm. Like, I mean, there are other signs too, but like I'm moody. I'm a bitch. Like I finally got this app. I I think it's called Flow. So I know like the four days before, I'm just I mean, I'm I'm not nice.
0: I get I moody. That.
1: And like I get you know what it is? I'm not a moody person. I get irritated. It's not even moody. I just like things that normally wouldn't bother me really bother me. Like we just got over the stomach flu at home. Super was indestinate, his dad wasn't doing well. I'm three kids, deep, vomiting, <laughs> diarrhea. On my own, we're on our fifth day. I'm exhausted. We're trying to do Zoom, and he comes. He goes. You just seem like you're like annoyed. I'm like, I am annoyed. I'm exhausted. Well, honey, that had and nothing to do with your period. Yeah, that
0: had nothing to do with your period. No, it did. I was that literally would put anybody
1: over there. Well, I can tell that time of the month does affect me a little more now than it used to 10 years ago
0: yeah no i actually think and i have a calendar i actually put i'm like period this month period because i'm i'm tracking it because i'm 50 so i'm like you know i haven't had like the big symptoms but and And she's
1: still trying to get and i'm still trying to get
0: pregnant yeah she's still trying to
1: get (laughs) (laughs) tom to get her pregnant so she can have another one
2: (laughs) you know there's a fantastic book called moody bitches i don't know if you've read it or heard of it Um, it's written by a physician i think she's a psychiatrist i've read it i recommend it and it talks all about you know, the cycle and the highs and lows and the moods and, you know, basically, you know, to sort of embrace this natural cycle, yeah, it sucks to feel like crap, you know, a week out of the month or whatever it is, but too often women are just put on, you know, antidepressants and sort of, which kind of flatlines everything, of course, creates a million other problems. And so the whole premise of the book is that, you know, this is a cyclic, there's sort of evolutionary reasons why our moods change during the cycle. It's really fascinating. I definitely recommend that book. I'm getting moody. I think think every guy should read this book, to be honest with you. Any (laughs) husband should read this book. And I I tell my patients that all the time.
1: Easter is approaching, and there's nothing I love more than great pastels for the holiday. I've told you guys about their personal stylist feature on Macy's before, but I have to mention again because I've been using it so much lately. You can have your own personal stylist which is so incredible. They make it easy, accessible for everyone. And any tips on tying your look all together, they are here to help. Okay, I'm obsessed with everything pastel this spring. You might want to try the pastel trend, but maybe you are too scared or don't know how to put the look together. I'm kind of afraid you're going to look like an Easter egg. Let me tell you, Macy's can and will help you out. They have pastel pieces that you can easily incorporate into your spring wardrobe from lilac jelly slides Yes, I have them, to soft sage colored handbags and always think light pink, like a light pink t-shirt, maybe a great little jacket. Just go to Macy's.com slash style. And if you're not sure which style is for you, no worries. Connect with a Macy's personal stylist one-on-one in store or chat from the comfort of your own home. Either way, the appointment is catered just to you and your style dreams. Macy's has you covered. I personally love, we're gonna do them kind of like a light pink, pastel, violet, a little bit of a light green, a little bit of a light yellow, a brunch ready family. Oh, yeah, we're ready. And don't forget to stock up on the Easter baskets with all the kids' favorite toys and candy. I'm telling you, Macy's has it all. Just connect with a Macy's personal stylist one on one in store or chat from the comfort of your own home. Best of all, totally free. So head on over to Macy's.com slash personal stylist to book your appointment today. That's Macy's, M-A-C-Y-S.com slash personal stylist. Have you guys heard of Ashland hard seltzer? They sent me so many flavors and I was instantly hooked. It's called Ashland. hard hard seltzer. It's delicious, clean, crafted seltzer in flavors like lavender lemonade, orange pineapple, ginger peach, and my personal favorite, blackberry lemonade. The idea, it's simple. They believe a hard seltzer should be made with all natural ingredients for outstanding taste and purity. This concept has led them to create Ashland hard seltzer, 100 calories per 12 fluid ounces, and 5% alcohol. All natural, no sugar, no fat, zero carbs, malt-free, and gluten-free. The company was founded in San Diego in 2020 and has become the number one selling independent hard seltzer brand in California. You guys, it's amazing. Ashland has a whole host of co-owners involved in the brand. Skinny Confidential, Lauren Bostic, who I love, The Salty Blonde, Holly Elefante. So you know, it's got to be good. Their natural flavors include blackberry lemonade, pineapple, tangerine, lime, mango, strawberry, raspberry, lemonade, tropical cherry, watermelon. There isn't a flavor that you're not going to love. They believe in simple ingredients, craft, brewed for great taste, and guilt-free good times. This is what Ashland is all about. For more on Ashland, follow them on Instagram at AshlynHardSeltzer.
0: So how many men do you have versus women? Are most of your clients women? or Most women? of my
2: clients are women. Most of them are women. You know, but I have, you know, I don't know, percentage-wise, but I have a bunch of male clients as well.
0: Because I, I didn't know that men went through menopause. I, I do not know that, that either. Well,
2: they, they do. And they also have, you know, men get thyroid problems, although right. it's probably like 10 times more common in, in women. You know, diabetes, all the same, you know, endocrine issues. Do
1: you think the endocrine issues, and I know we touched on it in the last episode, but do you think that, more and more, you're finding that because of the plastics, you're finding more and more issues with thyroid and hormones because of it.
2: Thousand percent. And in fact, you know, there's good evidence. It's not just like we're seeing it anecdotally in our offices. Everybody's saying, Why is there so much autoimmunity? Why are there so many people with thyroid issues? Why do we see so many young women having, you know, trouble conceiving? Men's sperm counts have dropped like 50% in the past decade. There's a And why great,
1: is that? Well, That's terrifying.
2: They are attributing it to another endocrine disrupting chemical. It's called phthalates. Phthalates are also in plastics. They're also in certain makeup products and sunscreens, and they're sort of used as thickening agents. And I think they allow like flexibility in, in plastic products, but it's a huge problem affecting men's, you know, reproductive capacity.
0: Well, let me ask you a question about because I think Molly and I, were are mini biohackers. I mean, mm-hmm. we definitely, you know, the peptides, and y'all talked about this last time too. And my sister's a nurse and she saw me, you know, injecting myself with peptides and taking we're all We're trying, stuff, doctor. And she almost had a heart attack. She said, your body is in, in its natural form perfect and you are messing with it when you don't have issues. So, you know, it's different than taking a hormone when you start to get, you know, you stop getting your period or you have hot flashes or all that. But How dangerous, or do you think it's dangerous at all, is this new kind of biohacking? that peptide revolution. Yeah, the peptide revolution. Or, you know, you talked about metformin. And then in terms of, you know, can you screw up something that's working just fine?
2: Well, okay. One of the consistent themes in endocrinology is that if you take a hormone and you don't need it, your body will then stop making its own. Mm. So consistent feedback loop, we call it. So if somebody wants to try to take thyroid hormone off label because they think it's going to raise their metabolism, help them lose weight, whatever, their own thyroid will set your body will sense. Oh, I'm getting lots of thyroid hormone on the outside. I don't need to make my own. And it shuts down that whole axis. And that's a problem because then again, you've kind of flatlined your thyroid with the pill you're taking. And if you run out of it or go off of it, your body may take a long time to recover, if at all. We also see this a lot with men who abuse testosterone. You know, I won't see those kind of patients because it's dangerous what they do. They take testosterone. Their Mm -hmm. levels are sky high. They still feel like crap because your body starts to kind of lose a sensitivity to testosterone. But then it shuts down their own, you know, body from making it. So the peptides are a little different because, you know, they're designed to stimulate your own body to make its own hormones as opposed to an outside you know, pill being taken.
1: Do you believe in it?
2: You know, I think the jury's out on some of these. I've had a lot of patients who take these peptide, their injections, of course.
1: She sees Dr. Reed too. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well.
0: <laughs> who's, a, who's a genius? We love we her. We love her. He yeah. loves I her. I, he lo- I mean, work he with worked. Dr. Reed yeah. all the yeah. time. Yeah. And,
2: you know, I hold her in high regard and yes. choose what to edit or not from this podcast. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I honestly, I haven't seen clinical results yeah. in these patients who are spending a lot of money, time, and effort to inject these proteins into their skin. Mm-hmm. And, and just to
1: explain like to our listeners, when you say a peptide, why I know why, but explain what is a peptide and why are women kind of rushing? Yeah. It's like the new kale, it's right. like <laughs> peptides.
2: Brussels, so,
0: sprouts. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> a
2: peptide is actually just a, sh- a small protein structurally in your body. It's a protein basically, but our body, it kind of acts like a hormone. A protein will stimulate your body to make certain hormones. So for example, growth hormone, which is important as we grow as children, but it's also important in adulthood for maintaining lean body mass and bone mass is triggered by uh, protein peptides like arginine.
1: I for always example. wanted to go on the, the thing you'd never let me go on. What's the, the, the injection? The
0: H, HGH. Yeah. Is it HGH? That's human growth hormone. Right. And yeah. if you have a cancer cell, doesn't that speed up your cancer cell? There's yeah. not a
2: cancer cell in I the body that doesn't have growth hormone receptors yeah. on it. It's like fertilizer for cancer cells. Right. So the irony about I growth hormone… Was, I
1: thought this was HCG. No.
2: Oh, that's different. That's HCG.
1: I, you didn't want let me do that either.
2: HCG is the pregnancy hormone. Oh, we'll whatever. talk about that separately. <laughs> <laughs> You've had plenty of that. I've had plenty of that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, growth hormone, the irony about growth hormone is that even though it's, you know, promoted as a quote-unquote longevity hormone, there's an inverse relationship between growth hormone levels and lifespan. So people have lower levels of growth hormone actually live longer.
0: It's wow. So interesting. Yeah.
2: yeah. So it's all right. I want
1: to ask you this. Okay, so I never took the pill. The one time I ended up taking the pill 20-something years ago, I ended up getting something on the bottom of my calf. I think it was a starting of a blood clot. I did not. Take it. I ended up having an IUD for 20 plus years. I still have an IUD. I'm not getting pregnant. What are your thoughts on the IUD versus the pill?
2: Okay. So you remember we talked about estrogen, oral estrogen causing blood clot risk. So that's an exact example that if that was a blood clot, that's a side effect potentially of of oral birth control pills.
1: I thought I had fallen. It was a red mark round on the bottom, like right above my ankle. And I'm like, but I didn't. I thought I actually had gotten drunk and fallen or something like that. I was, I was, I was having fun. As went, we did I, in our twenties. But I was, I was in Paris, and I was like, I didn't fall. And so, anyway, I ended up going off of it and getting the IUD. But the IUD over there is very different than here. They fully believe in it.
2: No, I think we're seeing a lot more people using IUDs here now. I mean, a lot of my patients have transitioned to an IUD.
1: And explain what an IUD is.
2: It's just an intrauterine device that the gynecologist puts in. There's hormonal IUDs that secrete like progesterone or there's non-hormonal that are copper. You know, a lot of people find the copper causes very heavy, painful periods. That doesn't occur with the hormonal IUD. But, you know, getting back to your question about the birth control pill, you know, it's so overused and it's just unbelievable. I always say, you know, the birth control pill makes the doctor's lives a lot easier and the patient's lives a lot worse.
0: Everybody I know is on the pill Yeah, Anybody that goes
2: to their doctor and says, you know, they skipped a period, they have an irregular period, they're breaking out, whatever. The first thing the doctor does is, not me, by the way, the first thing every other doctor does is just writes them a script, puts them on birth control. And, you know, that's just a a slippery slope. Let's say that, you know, again, it flatlines your hormones. I'm kind of drawing with my hands a straight line that your Mm -hmm. listeners can't see, but imagine, you know, again, that normal cycle of your hormones, which is meant to be that way is now just a straight line. And then there's other problems. For example, you know, all our hormones interact with each other. They're like, it's like an orchestra, you know, one hormone affects another. So, if, for example, you're on thyroid hormone and now suddenly you get put on oral estrogen birth control pills, the thyroid levels will drop. But the gynecologist or some of the people out there don't often tell the patients that or they don't know that. So a patient will come into to me suddenly, God, I feel like shit, I'm tired. I've been on thyroid for a long time and I never changed my dose. And I'll find out, well, they were put on oral birth control and now their thyroid levels have plummeted. So that's just one example of an interaction. Testosterone levels will get lower from being on birth control. Which is good if you have acne or, or problems related to testosterone, but it also really can lower women's libido, and it can lead to you know sexual side effects. It can cause weight gain. It can cause mood fluctuations. You know, it can cause certain nutrient you know deficiencies. There's studies showing like B vitamins and zinc can be depleted from people taking oral birth control. So you know, I'm not saying it's evil for everybody. Obviously, there's a role for it if it's properly done, but it's way overprescribed, not just for birth control purposes, but just for you know, hey, I'm a doctor. I don't want to deal with your hormones. Just take this. It's like a, you know, a, a Prozac for your ovaries.
1: Do you think there's a correlation between birth control, the pill, and breast cancer? That I don't know.
2: But I do know that the other thing to consider is that getting off birth control, you know, the hormones don't just, you know, all these problems don't just revert right away. Sometimes, you know, we've heard of patients who don't get their period back for years.
0: You can't get pregnant. Yeah. 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 If a woman is going through menopause, do you think she and and wants to go on hormone replacement therapy? Does she go see an endocrinologist or does she go see a gynecologist?
2: Either or if you have a, you know, if you have a gynecologist who's, whoever's going to listen to you is my point. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, you know, here to sell myself or, or my field because frankly, most of the people, a lot of people in my field have completely screwed up. You know, that you know, stereotypical, you know, old white man in a bow tie endocrinologist. A lot of people think women should not be on hormones and and that they should just suffer, you know, but the fact of the matter is like we're living to be, you know, 100 or longer. And, you know, what are we going to do with this next 50 years of your life without hormones? You know, your quality of life matters as well. So, you know, whichever doctor it is, I just think, you know, people need to find someone who's going to talk to them, who's going to listen to them, respect their preferences, do this responsibly. I mean, there's plenty of quacks out there that will prescribe hormones, you know, really irresponsibly, at crazy high doses and cause side effects, not monitor their patients. I'm very diligent about making sure that they've been screened for breast cancer. Do they have a family history of breast cancer? Have they had regular mammogram screening or MRIs? Genetic testing in many cases we're doing now to see if they're at risk. Do they have a risk of blood clots? Do they have a family history of blood clots, heart disease? Do they have plaque in their arteries? You know, I'm cautious and proactive when I w- put women on hormones.
1: All right, guys, I have a new product that's better than lemon water. Let me tell you, you've heard me talk about them before, but I'm obsessed. It's called Juna and I've been loving their detox drops. It's a new antioxidant rich detox drop. It's the ultimate agent for daily detoxification to promote digestion, support due bloat, eliminate toxins from the body and boost overall health. Antioxidant rich detox. The detox drops. They just sound great because they are they transform boring water into a powerhouse drink that tastes refreshing. I love adding these drops to add a little bit more flavor. The drops actually motivate me to drink more water, which if you know me people it 's huge. You can use juna 's detox drops daily for a bit of a detox to boost energy levels to help debloat, eliminate internal toxins caused by pollution aid in digestion, and to aid in liver detoxification for healthy skin, hair, and nails. It increases circulation and blood flow and has an internal deodorant. The main ingredient is chlorophyll. And if you guys don't know, chlorophyll is a powerhouse of antioxidants that contribute to various skin benefits, free radical damage that supports anti-aging. Juno was developed by two moms who know a thing or two about stress. Juno creates science-backed solutions in the form of easy-to-use drops to combat the stressor of modern living, sleep better, feel better, optimize our health. And honestly, it really does improve your mood. Say goodbye to bloating and feel rejuvenated. Cleanse your body with these drops. They taste great, immediate results, and with the cleanest ingredients compared to other detox drops we've tried. While chlorophyll can sometimes cause adverse reactions like stomach cramping, Juna's drops are balanced with lemon and mint for a clean, full detox. Juna formulates targeted plant-powered formulas with over 40 active botanicals that solve women's stress, anxiety, detox, and sleep issues. Juna is the leading nutraceutical brand taking a problem-solving approach to top women's issues through science-backed plants. We're on a mission, people, to prove that plants, yes, they can. They can be effective as quick-fix pharmaceuticals and provide lasting long-term benefits. Shop Juna's $26 Detox Drops online at junaworld.com. That's J-U-N-A-W-O-R-L-D.com and save an additional 20% off with the code MOLLY. All right, Let's talk about hormones and skincare. Are wrinkles related to hormones? Yes, they
0: are. they are really
2: well, you know, oh, est- estrogen <laughs> estrogen <laughs> and 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 progesterone actually, you know, they do affect the skin and, you know, the collagen and the elasticity and the tone of our skin and the kind of water content of our skin. Yes,
1: shoot. I know because I have acne, so clearly I must have I have hair on my chin. I must have a lot of testosterone. but. Really, it does affect wrinkles.
2: Yeah, it does affect wrinkles.
1: All right. What can we do to counterbalance if we want to, like, if we're focusing on skin?
0: All right. Well, in a natural way, like, if, let's say that, you know, it's some natural things that you so can besides do besides Botox and <laughs> <So> Botox <laughs> yeah. and a, a necklace. Face lift. <laughs> a <face lift>. yeah. <laughs> besides
1: all that.
2: So, the important thing about skin is to realize that, you know, skin is a reflection of what's going on on the inside, but most people treat it just from the outside in, right? but skin is actually our largest organ in the body. So it's going to manifest from, you know, our diet supplements, toxins, stress, all of those things. So, you know, again, it's not a matter of just getting some product to put on our skin. It depends which condition you're talking about, you know, with estrogen, There are certain foods that may, you know, help support a a woman's estrogen levels, you know, throughout the cycle. There are certain things that can treat acne topically that are natural products, you know, food-based products. Stress, of course, is a big trigger, you know, for skin, for breakouts, for premature aging. Smoking, obviously, really affects collagen breakdown in the skin. There's so many different factors.
1: How important is it to lower stress?
2: Huge. I would almost everybody I meet when I do a general hormone consultation, this comes up and I tell them, look, most of the time when we find a patient with a hormone imbalance, it's not just that they have a disease or something wrong with their glands, but something else external is messing up their hormones. And that's usually stress. It's a huge problem. And and it makes good sense sort of from a biological standpoint. You know, when we're stressed, our body needs to divert resources to dealing with something else. And so what it does is it Literally turns down the hormones in order to conserve energy.
1: I think with COVID in the past two years, I feel personally that my stress is at an all time. Like, again, like I feel like I'm triggered over something small, but that will just literally, like, my heart will start pounding, and I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm having a panic attack. And I know this sounds like I'm a crazy person, but it's been happening more and more lately something I read and then I'll read something else and then I'll hear something. And then I'm like, okay, how can you help myself and our listeners figure out a way to like, not let that affect us and me.
2: Again, and and that's the system in your body for a reason, right? It's there, this fight or flight system was designed for, you know, crises like that. But if you think about, you know, this system in our body, our adrenal glands, cortisol, adrenaline was designed for us, you know, if we're like being chased by a wild animal, you know, billions of years ago, we're in some immediate danger. But what happens now, it's, you know, it's 2022, we're living in a pandemic in LA and all the other crap that's going on. And this system is triggered all the time, you know, the adrenal glands, this this fight or flight, we see this all the time, anxiety, heart racing. Sweating. And what happens is our cortisol hormone goes high. And I measure this in people's blood and urine all the time. We see it off the charts. And then cortisol in turn will disrupt other hormones. So your menstrual cycle will then get messed up because of cortisol. Or your thyroid hormones are not metabolized properly because of cortisol. Cortisol causes weight gain, typically more in the midline and tends to sort of spare the extremities. So there'll be a particular pattern of weight gain from this high cortisol. Blood sugars get higher. The list goes on and on. So what do I tell my patients is this stress is not going to necessarily just go away, but what we need to work on is how we mitigate the stress. You know, that, that line between fear and panic. And it's so important because that's, what's going to protect your body from, you know, the suffering from this stress, you know, physically breaking down. You know, we don't need to be victimized by this pandemic in one more way than we already have been. So what do we do to manage, you know, to manage our stress? You know, our body is all about eliminating toxins. If you think about it, you know, we, we, we poop, we pee, we blow out carbon dioxide, we have menstrual flow, we have tears, we shed our skin, but there's no natural way that we were designed to eliminate that toxin of stress. So, I think we have to really actively work at it, working out, meditating, you know, cognitive therapy, you know, healthy aromatherapy, whatever it is, we have to actively work on getting that stress out.
0: In terms of COVID, have you seen it being a hormone disruptor for somebody that has gotten COVID? Are there any long COVID? I mean, we kind of talk a lot about like fatigue and all of these things. Could it be disrupting our hormones in order for that to happen when you get COVID when you see clients like that? Yeah,
2: we've seen actually, you know, there's been reports of thyroiditis, um, which is an inflammation of the thyroid um, that COVID can cause. It's usually temporary, but, you know, it's not fun to go through because it takes, you know, a month or two for that whole cycle to resolve where the thyroid gets back in balance. And there's evidence now that COVID can infect the cells in our pancreas that make insulin and may be associated with juvenile type 1 diabetes in children and may even in, in adults predispose those certain adults to developing type 2 diabetes. Menstrual irregularities, of course, can occur after you know COVID. So there's a lot that we're discovering about it as time goes on with hormones.
1: You've talked about the importance of keeping your blood sugar levels even, and low. Will you, I want to know a little bit more. I drink alcohol and we already talked about it, but just go back and talk about a little bit about blood sugars and why we need to keep that level low and consistent.
2: So So, a lot of my patients will come in and maybe they've got some bad habits, like maybe they're overweight or they eat like crap or they drink too much and their blood sugar is normal. And they say, oh, I'm fine, Dr. Geller, right? And I say, well, not necessarily. Like how hard is your body having to work to keep that blood sugar stable that's what you really want to know and that's why you have to do a little digger you know deeper dive checking insulin levels and other things so what happens with our blood sugars is that you know insulin hormone goes up when our blood sugar goes up and then it tries to lower it back down but eventually over time that insulin our body can kind of burn out and that's when people start to develop pre-diabetes or diabetes so you know, sugar is also really inflammatory. Inflammation is a driver of you know autoimmune and arthritic diseases and all sorts of you know brain fog and other things, and not to mention weight gain and high cholesterol and triglycerides, all of which are related to you know high blood sugar. So you know, there's a million reasons to try to keep sugar stable. And people often ask me, and I'm guessing you're going to ask me this, you know, about the best diet out there. And you know, the cons-
1: that's our next question. That's <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: right. The consistent thing about all different diets is just low glycemic low carb, low sugar, low, you know, processed foods and other things. But any diet out there is just a variation on this theme.
0: Well, so the last episode, y'all were talking about, you know, needing to have, you know, you start off with Greek yogurt in the morning with some blueberries. So do you not believe in intermittent fasting?
2: No, I believe in intermittent fasting. I have patients do it all the time.
0: We do
1: it. We do it. Well, I try. We try. Well, sometimes yeah. we do better than that. Yeah. No, so
2: I, I think it's a fantastic protocol, and, and part of the reason why you know it's sustainable, it's easy. You sort of sleep through half of it anyways, and you know it, it really works. It makes good sense, and it works. So I definitely believe.
0: But you, but you talked about how you need to f- kind of constantly feed your metabolism in order for it to keep going.
2: I, <laughs> I personally don't intermittent fast because I need I need to eat. Like I'm hungry, and right. I, I don't you know. But if I needed to lose weight, that's the protocol I would do.
0: You would for sure. Okay.
1: Four steps to reduce BPA exposure.
2: Ooh, okay. Uh, plastic bottle, water bottles, for sure.
1: So would you suggest stainless aluminum or glass?
2: Any, Anything. Stainless, anything aluminum, that's not plastic. ceramic, glass. Yeah.
0: So like, that's the number one thing I did in my house was got rid of plastic in terms of where I could, which is, you know, we drink a lot of water. It's just having a filter system and, and just having cups. Yeah. Like Gatorade at games. Don't do it. God,
2: You know, first of all, that's not even like a, that's what we call a food-like substance. But, <laughs> you know, the thing about the plastic water bottles, we always have to keep in mind, there's two things. One is that a lot of them will say BPA-free now, mm-hmm. but there's using another chemical called BPS, which is just as bad. So it can be labeled as BPA-free and th- people come into my office and they think they're doing something right. It's not their fault, but we look a little deeper. Also, you know, the release of BPA in these bottles depends also on how long it's been sitting in there. So... You know, especially these days, that water bottle could have been sitting in a truck or on a cargo ship off of L.A. for the past nine months in the heat, releasing BPA into the water. Which, by the way, BPA is detectable in pretty much every single person in the country if we were to do the test in our urine. So, to answer your question, plastic water bottles is probably the first way to get rid of it. Receipt paper, like thermal receipts that you get at a store, those are actually loaded with BPA and it gets through our skin.
0: Wait, what? In the grocery store?
2: Like a receipt, like from, uh, you know, when it prints out at like, you know, a Rite Aid or a gas station, those those thermal so receipts. just saying papers.
0: no thank you to the receipts. Yeah. Thermal receipts.
1: That's what that's called? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Receipt you, paper I'm that comes me? out of a machine. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding you. Okay. And, it, and yeah. it not only does it penetrate the skin, but it's all, and there's evidence, they've done scientific research about this. It also gets into our mouth because it gets on our fingers and then we eat something and then it gets in through through that route as well. So thermal receipt paper, plastic water bottles, uh, cans are another source, cans. BPA, the, the liner of like soup cans they use it in, and, and dust actually, like being really important to dust our homes and corners and places where, you know, BPA accumulates from other sources.
0: As a mom of boys, I always sort of heard, too, like, don't let your boys... I mean, this is different than plastic. This is me being my ADD self, just throwing you a question real quick. But are they not supposed to eat soy? Are they not supposed to eat tofu? You know, are there, like, are there different foods that boys and girls should eat based on the hormones that we have? Yeah, soy,
2: you know, soy is... Kind of a mixed picture because there's some benefits and probably some risk. But in, in moderation, I think soy is probably fine. Something to be aware of for boys and men are lavender and tea tree oil. There's evidence, research, and I've seen this in my own practice, whether they're using it, you know, topically in some product or, um, you know, through some of those fragrances, they're aerosolized. But those um, can both lower testosterone in men hmm. and have an estrogen-like yeah. effect and can cause um, significant problems in men and young boys in particular.
1: So you have a family, you have children, you have a wife. Do you cook with different things in terms of like products, like actual pans? Do you, I know you don't do plastic, but are there other things families can do or be aware of that you wouldn't even think of?
2: You know, you have, it's really, obviously it's really hard to to do this, but you have to really look critically at every single thing you can and, and do the best you can, you know, like the filtered water reverse osmosis system in your home, not filling up plastic bottles. Nonstick cookware is really important because that's another chemical that's um, formerly was in Teflon, but still other chemicals that are derivatives of that have been shown to accelerate the onset of menopause.
1: What about an iron skillet?
2: Uh, those are, I think, okay, okay. and or ceramic. There's ceramic coated, mm-hmm. you know, saucepans and whatnot. Things like, you know, uh, a cutting board, for example. A lot of them are made of, you know, plastic or that nylon material. I have those. And think about it. Every time you cut, it's little microplastics. So wood, you know, cutting board, bamboo, for like straws or you know, metal straws. No, I'm oh, saying good. as a replacement, you okay. know. Um, we use the know,
1: metal straws. We use the bamboo. Doesn't taste. I like the, the metal straws better. Glass straws. It's dangerous, but because I have a four year old. four year old. Bamboo
2: I, is fantastic. You know, it's a great substitute for a lot of plastics and for other materials. It's the fastest growing uh, plant in the world, and it's uh, it's it's actually does play a role in alternatives for a lot of these things. I have a bamboo toothbrush. You know the bristles. I don't know what the hell those are made of, but at least the <laughs> stick of it is not plastic.
0: Oh, that's actually true. My my toothbrush that I use is has, they're all plastic. You know, it's like I use that electric thing. And yeah,
2: it's you know, it's really hard. You know, the world in which we live. You know, I, I gave a talk. I'll just mention this briefly about the microplastics that are in our. They're detected in our feces now. By the way, these microplastic particles. All all humans pretty much have detectable plastic in our bodies. But I had a slide in this talk I gave where I showed people picking up trash at the beach, plastic, you know, which I do all the time in Palm Beach. But the irony in this photo was they're picking up plastic. They had a plastic bag. They had a plastic trash grabber. They're wearing rubber boots. They had plastic gloves on and bathed in plastic to pick up the plastic. Right. So, you know, we got to get out of this cycle. It's not going to be solved by recycling. We need alternatives.
0: And what about organic versus locally grown? If you're going to pick... Would you pick locally grown versus organic? How important is organic eating? Yeah, organic
2: is super important because those pesticides, again, loaded with chemicals that are endocrine disruptors. One common one is called atrazine, which I believe is found in berries. That's why you may hear certain berries are not good to eat. But yes, eating organic is critical. Yeah. You know, the concern is like, you know, we can't control the soil, the air, the water in which food is grown. So, you know, do the best you can. Definitely mm-hmm. buying organic is recommended.
1: I have glass, you know, instead of the plastic containers that you put in the refrigerator, everything is now glass, but there is a plastic top.
0: Yeah, I know.
2: exactly. It's hard to get, you know, I'm not saying I don't have plastic in my home or that I, you know, I don't live like a hippie up in We a feel tree. like you're
0: judging us, but it's, yeah, <laughs> we're totally <laughs> judged.
2: No, no. I'll judge you about other things, <laughs> not this.
1: Um, I know it is crazy, but once you become aware, like it's hard to not realize, like you said, that plastic water bottle, it's not when you drink it, it's been sitting on a truck, could be literally sitting on a truck for four months. And then it's
0: gonna end up in the middle of the ocean in that big garbage thing. I mean, if anybody's ever seen that, that's the scariest looking thing you've ever you know seen. That
2: by twenty fifty, it's estimated that there's gonna be more plastic than fish in the ocean by weight. <sighs> I mean, it's a huge problem what's that's going so on. Sad. It's not going away.
0: Yeah. We need to solve that question. We
1: do. All right, you guys, we're going to do a little rapid fire, but it's going to be a listener question edition. So let's dive into some of the most asked questions about hormones. You have to answer every question with the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? (laughs) You got it. Do you need to take hormones to regulate your period? No. Are my sleeping patterns related to my hormones?
2: 100%.
1: The number one product you wish everyone would throw away?
2: A single use, anything.
1: Are hormones affecting men as much as they are women? Yes. Best advice you can give to someone struggling with hormone levels?
2: Get your emotional health together.
0: Favorite pan to cook with?
2: A nonstick ceramic coated pan.
0: Best
1: advice to avoid plastic in the grocery store?
2: Shop in the periphery of the supermarket. If you notice that the periphery of the market is where all the healthy foods are and it gets worse as the deeper
0: you go. Oh, I didn't know oh my God, that. Geller, you're oh my so God. good. Why do my hormones make me crazy?
2: Because that's how you were designed. Okay. And there's an evolutionary advantage to that, but I'm not going to tell you what that is. It's in that book I mentioned.
1: Okay. I know. Moody bitches. We're Moody bitches. It. Favorite reusable water bottle?
2: Uh, hydroflask two liters.
1: If you could give advice to your 10-year-old self, what would it be?
2: Stretch.
0: <laughs> Stretch. That's a good one. A good one. Men are like, they're not that pliable. They're not. I tried. Tom's pliable. <laughs> He's a little black.
2: Stretching is so important for guys.
0: It really is.
1: <laughs> it really is. I mean, listen, thank you for coming back because we, honestly, I could go on for like two more hours. It, it is hormones, they affect almost everything. Yep. And So many people, we just throw out these terms of like hormones, progesterone, estrogen. Like, do we really know what they mean? And that's what we got from our listeners. Like, just tell us what to do. Do we need the test? It was funny. I was on my phone a few days ago and it said something about a hormone test. And I think the company was called Everwell. It's Mm -hmm. something you can send out. Again, I have not done it, so I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think it's more and more people are becoming aware that hormones really can affect your life in a great way, Mm -hmm. but also in a really big and bad way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And as we're seeing, you know, this biohacking concept, you know, with all areas of our health, this one's a little trickier because for the reasons we started out talking, you know, they're hard to measure, they fluctuate, they come and go. There's many different things that affect them. And you know, you need to do it, you know, you need a kind of a team approach to to deal with hormones.
0: And if somebody's looking for an endocrinologist, what are the questions when they're interviewing that doctor that they should be asking? Because you said there are, I mean, just like any doctor, but especially for your field.
2: Okay. First of all, if you're interviewing your doctor, I think you want to look at how they live their life because, you know, again, I see so many doctors that are you know, I'm not trying to be judgy here, but that are just, you know, let's just say unhealthy appearing, you know. And if someone's not taking care of themselves, how are you gonna you know, rely on that person to give you advice if they don't live their life that way. So I think that's just some general advice. And, you know, someone who's going to listen to you and respect your wishes. Again, this is a different era of medicine. It's not like the old school where the doctor just said, you do this. And the patient would say, okay, you know, we're a team. Patients come into my office armed with a lot more knowledge. And I don't find that annoying. I learn from my patients as well. So you want someone who's going to work with you, who's going to respect your values, who's going to be, you know, not reckless in what they do. They still need to be safe. We have to follow guidelines and regulations and try to, you know, protect our patients from harm.
1: Dr. Geller at Geller, G-E-L-L-E-R dot endocrinology. You can find him. He's locally in Los Angeles, California and West Palm Beach, Florida. I gotta come see you in Florida. Next to Mary Alice. Next to me. Mary Alice is Florida and California. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank we love you. you. So We're much. gonna have we you back so on. Much. Can't wait. We do.
0: I mean honestly. I learned so much. I love it. I, I do. love this knowledge
1: is
2: coming to yeah, me. Yeah, it's fun. I love sharing it. It's yeah. fun. It's a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know, unfortunately, there's so much to talk about. There's
1: so much. Dr. Go, you're the best. Thank you. You guys, I love you. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emisha Gormley. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle. Michelle. Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun.